It's your pal Siri. You have found the Ambiguously Blind Podcast, where we are challenging beliefs and revealing abilities that make people extraordinary. With your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, hey, hey. Greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. In this episode, we are going to reconnect with Matt Filipenko. He was on the podcast several episodes ago, and we talked about his journey with Star Guards, as well as his family history and journey, which included, I believe it was 29 stops before he made it from North Dakota all the way down to sunny Florida. But one of the things we didn't have time to get to with Matt was his work with Microsoft in the accessibility world and some of the adaptive equipment that he has used to make his life more accessible. So this will be a pretty technology intensive episode, but that's one of the things I'd like to talk about the most. So, hey, Matt, thanks for coming back to the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Yeah, it's good to be back. Definitely, uh, definitely going to be fun. We had a pretty good discussion last time. We talked about star guards. You're a star guardian, I think, is what you, <laughs> what you call yourself. Yep. Um, yeah. The term borrowed from Sam or created by Sam Seavey, the great Sam Seavey from YouTube fame. And we talked a little bit about your journey with Star Guards. If you would just, I would encourage people to go back and listen to the episode, maybe five or six episodes ago, and uh, kind of refresh us on your, your Star Guards journey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, diagnosed around 19, lived many years uh, just expecting that I had Star Guards uh, because that's what I got diagnosed with but never really got genetic testing done uh, for multiple years after that. From a few, uh, basically as as that, to kind of recap that whole episode, worked a bunch of different gigs, did video production on my own uh, with my wife. We ran, we, my wife and I ran a video production company. We ran a small business IT company, and then I got into Microsoft. And that was uh, nine years ago, and it's been, been a ride ever since, but um, really haven't tapped into accessibility um, for like the past three years, I would say, um, is when I kind of kicked the tires on it about two to three years ago, where I, uh, for lack of better words, just kind of self-identified at Microsoft, started telling everybody I was working with that, hey, I'm low vision and let's fix stuff. And I just kind of got in that mindset. Somebody challenged me a long time ago to say, hey, if you you need to like lead with this and it's going to unlock other people if you do so. So that's what I've been doing ever since. I just jump on calls and help people uh, fix stuff for assistive technology and all sorts of things. Yeah, I think you're right about leading with that. And as an office ranger, you're an office ranger, right? That's what you call yourself? Yeah. Or that's what they call yep. you? Or Yeah, office rangers. Um, they are, there are five of us. Um, there's uh, one in Germany and then um, four in the United States. And uh, we basically handle... Uh, off Microsoft Office or M365 apps is what we call it now. But we handle the installation, the uninstallation, updates, activation, and then I lean into the accessibility stuff. So been doing some really cool work lately within the past like month on the Section 508 for the U.S. Section 508 mm-hmm. around accessibility requirements yeah. and tapping into like different government agencies and customers and everybody alike just to kind of say, hey, like it, it's important to be accessible. So let's talk about uh, how inaccessible you are to change that and make you accessible. 
So we've just been doing some really cool stuff to uh, to help organizations identify um, if their documents are not accessible, and then if they aren't, then we've we've we have tools built into Office, which I'll talk about later on, which uh, which basically fix those accessibility issues and make it so low vision or blind users could uh, collaborate with someone. Yeah, that sounds cool. We are going to get a lot of, we're going to be very Windows intensive here and uh, technology windows and then even office stuff here in just a little bit. You kind of glossed over your, your, your Star Guardian's journey, um, which included a lot of stops. I, I, did you, if you lived in 29 places, like in the last 15 years, maybe? Yes. Yep. Multiple moves, multiple times, multiple transitions. Um, just, uh, it, it's never ending. Uh, and we, we, uh, we're currently leasing. So there's, there's at least one more in the, <laughs> in the horizon. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like, that's like a, that's like a military person doesn't move that many times within that time period. So that's, that's pretty amazing. And it does, it does speak to your ability to be able to adapt. So, um, I was, um, I, I was, in, I was enamored by that. And then of the 29 places, now I live in the Dallas, Texas area. You're in Florida. Correct. Currently, anyway. Yep. I, where do you think of the 29 places, if you could pick one to live because it was just the best, where would that be? It would probably be here in this area, but it would be closer to the water. Right now, we're like probably 40 minutes from Clearwater Beach. Um, and if we could get to where we were about 15 to 20 minutes from Clearwater beach, it would be, that'd be a perfect recipe. Okay. So you're going to be a Florida guy from here on out then if, at least if you have your way. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's not Florida, it like potential, like if I could live in Costa Rica and do my job, I'd probably move to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah. Just, or, or something anywhere like, like with beaches and palm trees and fruit and just, like that, that kind of like nowhere with snow. I never want to go anywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you you're from snow, right? You're from is it North yeah. North Dakota? North Dakota, yeah. Yeah, so, so I that's mean, like we, we, you want to be the literally polar opposite of North Dakota. Sounds like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Any as close to the equator as I can get. Uh, that's good. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. And it was it's kind of crazy to think that um, you lived in the same city I'm in for a few years. I think more than one time. It's just kind of crazy how. How small the world is, really, and um, you know there could have been a time where we were we were both eating a Babe's chicken or something, you know, and, and yeah, or, just, or Walmart. We we both could have been could looking have been for Walmart, families at yeah. Walmart at the right. same time. I could have been looking for bananas, and you could have been looking for, you know, chip dip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like brake fluid or something, but yeah. <laughs> oh man, okay. So I do encourage people to go back and listen to that episode. It's a much more expansive version of of your your travels and and your time and and how you got into Microsoft and your your journey with Star Guards, which not not to make light of that was you know difficult, obviously, um, mm-hmm. to transition from from what we would normally consider vision to to what you got now. And as it continues to evolve and your journey continues. I was wanting to talk to you a lot about technology because you're in technology with Microsoft, all that stuff. But before we get too much into Microsoft, are, are there some technology things like, I don't know, maybe like your top five assistive technology devices over the years or things that maybe not five, but just things that I don't know how I live without these or 
I can't believe I lived with these because what we have now is just so much better. Just to yeah. clarify something, I believe you're an iPhone user. Okay, I don't I don't know yep, if we can say correct. that out loud because if you know a Microsoft guy. Yep, no, we we totally can. A while back, I don't even know if it was an email that came out from our our CEO, but it was like we just have to have uh our Microsoft apps on our homepage. So I have an iPhone, I have a, a 13 Pro Max. All of my office apps are on my uh, home screen underneath the Microsoft apps folder that I have set in there. Okay. So you're, you're fully compliant and you're okay then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I, right. I, 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 I like the iOS system for, uh, from, from a vision standpoint, I have mine set on dark mode so I can see things easier. I, I have, yes. I've got the uh, contrast set to where um, I, I don't see through the backgrounds yeah, on my keyboards um, or anything. What do they call that? Uh, reduced transparency or something like that? Yes. Or yep. Something like, yeah, I have that on too. Yep. Yep. So I've got that turned on. And, and, and actually use... the dark mode is new. That's only a yeah. couple years old, maybe like two years old. I was very happy when they released dark mode to the iPhone. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice because there's a lot of people that, um, or not people, but a lot of developers that are building apps that are supporting it. Like um, Facebook went dark mode. Really? Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. So the Facebook app is dark mode. LinkedIn is dark mode. Um, so a lot of the things that I'm in uh, go, went dark mode. Even Twitter uh, went to a dark mode. So it's like, it's nice to be able to like have um, that consistent darkness yes, yeah. if that's a good way to put it yeah, uh -huh. um because sometimes when you transition from dark to light oh yeah well we'll talk about that because we're gonna i i'm a zoom text user on the windows world and there are things that are dark mode and things that aren't and i'm i'm hovering on the contrast button all the time and i'm like even yeah. in even in gmail gmail does dark mode but like when i open so like you're looking at your gmail inbox in um the browser and it's dark but when you open an email, it's not dark. Ooh, so like the message pane's not dark yet. Right. So I have to, Ooh. I have to um, invert my colors every time I open an email. And then if I close the email, I have to invert back to dark mode because you know Gmail's in dark mode. So it's almost like in those cases, dark mode doesn't really help me because I'm. Anyway, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, what I wanted to say though, as I started this, was you're an iPhone user. And for me, the iPhone in the last 15 years is the most important assistive technology I've encountered. Zoom text and some of the Windows accessibility features are, are in there, but they predate um, the iPhone. So mm -hmm. in the last 15 years for me, iPhone is number one. I would imagine for you, if it's not number one, it's definitely in the top one or two or three at the most. So yep. let's let's push the iPhone to the side because I think we can agree that that's great uh, for assistive technology. But like besides the iPhone, what are some devices that you either can't live without or couldn't live without or couldn't believe you had to live with until the iPhone came out? Yeah, so basically for me, it's... Um from an assistive device perspective, I didn't really have access to anything because I, I, I never, I never told Microsoft for multiple years about my eyesight. Um, even though we have an accommodations team that basically purchases things for you so they can accommodate your work life and, and, and help you. And 
prior to that, I used my iPhone for everything. I would take pictures of mail, I'd zoom it in, or my, my wife or kids would read stuff. It was either my iPhone or family would be my assistive devices. And right when I got my accommodations kind of pushed through and I talked to the team and um, this HR lady was like, oh yeah, but if you know what you want, just go buy it with your, co your company Amex and bill it to this IO code and you're done. And it was super simple. And at that time, I was already doing research um, for about a year or so. I'm watching everything on Sam's channel. We brought up Sam earlier and like he's, he does a ton of really good tech reviews on assistive technology. So I already knew the things I wanted. So when she gave me the green light to go get it, I, I, I just, I went online and just bought them all. And um, from a device perspective, uh, can't live without like in my uh, desk right now, if I slide this open, I've got a Ruby 7 HD sitting in there with my mail. And if I have to like, rather than taking pictures with my phone and then zooming it in and then like reading the mail that way, the Ruby 7 is super simple. I just lay the piece of mail on my desk. I flip up the Ruby 7 and it, it pops open. It's got these little legs on the back. I slide it over the top of the mail and I read whatever it is. If it's an account number or a bill statement or something, um, super simple to uh, to take care of that outside of the ruby 7 that's like a it's a ruby 7 it's called, it's called the ruby 7 because it's a 7 inch hd screen outside of that i have an iris vision live which is a vr headset um, that I've, I've used to uh, watch tv watch movies different things like that it's beneficial to to have and use in a bunch of different environments the the biggest challenge for me on that is when you're in a vr headset you're disconnected from reality so like that's it's a it's it's a blessing, but it's also really hard to get used to because like if you're if you're uh, sitting there with someone watching a movie and you have that iris vision on, you can't like easily just turn to your left and like laugh about a line in the mm -hmm. movie because yeah. the minute you turn to the left, they're gonna it's gonna be like their eyeball in your face because um, it's it's just a it's everything zoomed in. So the iris vision live though for multiple different scenarios, and then lastly. Uh, but not least, because I have one more after that, uh, the Cloverbook Pro uh, from Irie AT is a desktop CCTV that I use. Uh, and and it, that one I've used in Redmond when I go back to Microsoft. Um, every quarter we have these Ranger on-sites where we go out and we meet with engineering teams and we talk about what we've been doing for the past 90 days. And uh, with that Cloverbook HD, one of the irritating things uh, for me was at Microsoft, everybody, like all of our conference room, has, they have red, blue, and black markers in the room. And why, is, white, why is that? I don't know. Every room. I don't, I don't know why they picked those colors. Red, but blue, every and room, black. Huh? Yeah. Every room has it. Okay. And the, the first thing I do when I get into those rooms is I steal all the red and blue markers. And like I throw them over by the recycle bin. So if people are listening from Microsoft, if you're looking for red and blue markers, they're <laughs> by the recycle bin. <laughs> so I basically chuck them over there because I can't stand it when people write on the marker boards with them um, because I, the contrast isn't deep enough for me. So it's like super hard to see the contrast. Mm -hmm. So if they only write with the black markers, helps a ton. Um, but in addition, even if I'm sitting in my chair, in an office chair, and the the, the marker boards eight feet from me, I can't read what they're writing. So if, if it's one of my fellow Rangers, one of my colleagues that I work with, they're super cool. Like we we're, we're like in each other's personal space all the time. But if it's a, another product team that's in there talking with us, 
in that person's writing, I always have to like tell them, hey, I'm low vision. I'm going to be standing next to you. Um, don't get uncomfortable. And it's because I, I could never see the screen or the, the marker board. But with that Clover book, what I could do is I set it up. It comes with a, it doesn't come with it. I purchased an additional monitor that you can buy with it. It's like three or 400 bucks. And then there's a distance view camera and you flip that camera up. It looks like an antenna. You aim that at the marker board and I can sit um, at my, in my chair, like everybody else in the meeting and, and read what they're reading on the screen. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So it's a super cool hack. Um, lastly, like the coolest thing uh, that I probably couldn't live without is binoculars. I have, um, Swarovski, uh, binoculars, like they're really, I think they were like five or 600 bucks. They were like super expensive. They're phenomenal. They have a little focus note on them. I, I couldn't watch normal things like my, my oldest plays football. My daughter's in weightlifting, like when she starts her meets, she used to do cheer last year. So like all of those events where you're very distant from the person, it would be pointless for me to go to those events with low vision because I couldn't see anything. And uh, with those binoculars now, I just, I, I wear them around my neck and throw them up and I watch every snap of the ball. I watch every move. I watch, and when she was in cheer, I watched her uh, go up into uh, stunts and all sorts of stuff with those binoculars. So like those are probably like the best hack um, that I've found in a long time. And it's so simple. It's like literally a pair of binoculars. And yeah, there's like not a lot of technology actually involved in that other than just lenses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. Um, I tried a monocular one time and the monocular would jack with my eyes somehow and it would give me like these retina migraines where I get really bad headaches. Yikes. If I'm not uh, using both like with binoculars, um, then then it's easier. That's with interesting. that one monocular, it was messing me up. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't really considered that. I don't really like going to sporting events because I... Yeah. <laughs> for me, can't it's, partake in it. Yeah. Well, for me, it's more frustrating than anything, right? Because it's like I can I can feed off of the the energy of the crowd to kind of understand what's happening, but I can't... Like, I do... I love baseball. And the great thing about baseball is that, you know, that's a talking sport and that's pretty intensive on, I mean, it, it's usually pretty easy to find radio. So I would be at a baseball game and I'd, I'd be listening to the radio broadcast so I can, you know, kind of understand what's going on. But there, there would be like youth sports or some other sports where it's not as easy to get a radio broadcast where binoculars would make a lot of sense. And I don't know why I haven't thought of that. So what, what kind of binoculars do you have? They are, uh, so Swarovski, uh, they're, they're like really, um, expensive. I, what I'll do is I will link you to the binoculars. Um, I sent you an email earlier with the links to like all the assistive tech I'd brought yeah. up. I'll send you a link to my binoculars as well. But for any folks like with, with your eyesight though, I don't know if it would from, from your right eye to your left eye, if it would, have you used monoculars? Like, uh, no, a, a I, monocular? I would only need a monocular because I have no vision in my, in one eye. Yeah. So maybe that would be more beneficial to me. Yeah, I would look at a monocular or um, like there's, they have the same brand of mine. When I send it to you, they sell spotting scopes and the spotting scopes are basically uh, what you would use to like spot out. Like if you were trying to like shoot a deer from what yeah. X amount of yards away, yeah. um, those spotting scopes have little tripods with uh, fluid heads on them. So you literally could sit at the baseball game and just dial in that spotting scope and then just swing it around and, and watch. Um, Watch them okay. hit the ball, oh. point it out at the outfield, focus for the outfield real fast. Like you'll you'll build that muscle memory on focusing that ring 
and the distance. Like that's what I have to do when I'm, um, when I'm watching football, I'll focus it for the offensive line. Cause that's where my son plays. And then when the ball's snapped and they start running, I'll have to like, I have to have my, my fingers on it so I can set focus for the running back or mm-hmm. the receiver, whoever grabs the ball. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll post those links on the uh, show notes for the episode too. So yeah, that's cool. I, I, I don't know why I hadn't thought of that. That's super simple and low tech really. And it's the hardest thing. Like I've forgotten it before and it, the whole night's wrecked. Like I've right. forgotten it enough to yeah. where like my, my wife knows it's such a massive crutch, like crutch for me that, uh, that she'll be like, I'll be back and yeah, she'll well, drive I home. Mean, she'll drive all the way home and get it. God bless your wife. You know, that's what I, I've got a good one of those too. So she would do the same thing for me, but you know, it really is frustrating for me. Like if I'm in a, you know, I don't. I, I'd much rather watch it on TV because I have a lot more control over what I'm able to see in that in that environment. But you know, at the event, it's so much better for most. You know, for everybody except 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 for me, right? So. Yep. Well, people always have to ask too. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many people uh, look or are like they're just like, "What the heck's this guy doing?" Like, you're yeah, the sure. only well, one you're, at this football game with binoculars. You're going to get a lot of questions too. Yeah. So why? <laughs> Why you got binoculars? You're sitting in the front row. Why you got binoculars, right? So, yeah. Well, even at my when my daughter starts her weightlifting meets soon, I mean, yeah. it's going to be, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be wearing binoculars inside a gym uh, yeah. at yeah. a high school. I'm going to be like, hey, so. Yeah, but you'll you'll answer those questions pretty, you know, you won't have a problem with that. And I would oh, either, 100%. But you I, certainly, I love it. Yeah, you certainly would get the questions though. But yeah. Yep. But outside of like that type of technology, those are like the real life kind of things uh, and the assistive tech. Um, and then once it gets into the computer, that's a whole different playing field for me. I, uh, I love, uh, being in the, like in the computer, that's where I thrive, uh, from an assistive technology standpoint. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I, um, have been a zoom text user. We've talked, we talked about this a little bit on the, on the previous episode that we did. I'm a zoom text user have been for gosh, longer than I care to admit more than 20 years. And, you know, zoom text is great. I don't want to. I'm not here to to dog on Zoom text. They've done a great job over the years of adapting to all the changes in environments and Windows and all stuff. But I think Windows has done a lot of things to advance as well. And I I I would be kidding you if I told you that I wouldn't love to just switch over to Windows narrator and or magnifier to do stuff because I think it's a a, a smoother experience. Maybe, and we can talk about this too, but the Zoom text environment for somebody with, with partial vision like myself, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, vision's a spectrum and we we talk about that too. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, when I'm using my iPhone, I don't really try to mess with vision. I, I'm, I'm, a Zoom, I'm a voiceover user. I've given in because it's such a small screen. I don't try Zoom or anything really at, at like maybe 1% of the time I use zoom or something to see something but everything else is is voiceover so i've given in there and i'm happy with that and it it works really well but on the larger screens 24 28 plus size monitors that i have i i cling to my vision um, because i do think it's oftentimes easier to to see things at least in the even in the magnified states that i'm in but zoom text is pretty process intensive it it hogs a lot of my processor and it crashes 
and nobody likes a computer that crashes, right? I mean, I can't tell you the last time I was like, hey, you know what? This would be a great time for my computer to crash. Right as I've got 16 windows open, all these projects going, I can't, something I haven't saved for 10 minutes because I forgot, and oh, crash. Awesome. So maybe you can help talk me out of my yeah. Zoom text life that I've that I have come become accustomed to. Yeah, so I'm I'm the same way with my iOS device. Um, I I do I, I should say though that I'm still kind of on a crutch with magnifier on my Zoom. I, I use the Zoom controller uh, inside the iOS phone or inside uh, the iOS settings. And I will use three fingers and I'll triple tap the screen and it will zoom in. And then I use the three and then I just kind of swipe around on the screen to read stuff. That's if I don't have my AirPods. If I have my AirPods with me, I'll put them in my ear and then I've set up the back tap functionality mm -hmm. yep. on iOS and I double tap on the back and it launches voiceover. And then I'll take two fingers, swipe down on the screen and it will read my mail or read the text message or whatever it was, it'll read through. So it, I, that from a small screen perspective, yeah, that's exactly what I do. And then on the big screen, from a, a accessibility standpoint perspective, I got a, a 43 inch Dell ultra wide is what it's called. And uh, it's a phenomenal monitor. I, I recently got it within the past, I would say one, one or two months. Uh, prior to that, I had dual monitors. Um, I was challenged by a colleague that was on dual monitors as well. Um, his name's Jeremy and he's got, um, he's got low vision as well. And he was just like, you're going to be so much more efficient if you just condense, get down to one monitor, start using keyboard shortcuts and functions um, to navigate. And I was like, no, I'm not, I want multiple monitors. And like I, I fought with it forever. Um, and then finally I got down to this one uh, Dell and now that I'm on it, it's been uh, so much more simple. From a magnifier standpoint, I use, um, like, I, I'm in Microsoft Outlook. I launch Outlook. I click on my email. I have dark mode turned on in my Microsoft Office apps. And then my unread emails, uh, they're, I have them set so they're like a blue highlight. So when, when it's unread, it's like glowing blue. And when it's red, it's, it's gray, like a gray or white text. So it's, it's easy for me to, like, differentiate between red and unread mails. And then when I open the email, my uh, canvas of the background of the email is also dark. So everything stays dark all the time. And what I do is when I zoom in, I've, I've programmed my magnifier tool to um, a Microsoft Precision mouse. It's a Surface Precision mouse. And with that, I've programmed the left side button to magnifier. So when I'm in an email, I can click on that button. It'll zoom in um, what do I have my zoom settings at like three or 400%? Um, it'll zoom in. I'll, I'll, I'll swipe left to right on the screen and read it. That's only if it's like a very short email, if it's like one to two sentences, if it's a long email, what I do is I use a feature inside Microsoft outlook called, uh, read, uh, excuse me. It's called uh, read aloud. Have you heard of uh, read aloud yet? No, no, I'm, I'm a narrator novice here. So, okay. So teach me. So read aloud in inside Microsoft Word. So I if I even if I go into um, Microsoft Word as an app, when I go to review, if I'm on the review tab under speech, there's a there's a tab in there, like a, a section called speech. And there's a thing called read aloud in there. The same thing is in Microsoft Outlook when you're in an Outlook email. 
And basically what I do is if my, if like, let's say it's like three or four paragraphs from somebody, I'll turn on read aloud and I have the voice set in read aloud. You can set multiple um, settings to it. So, I mean, there's, there's uh, some really cool features. Let me, while I'm talking, I will, I'll launch Outlook and then I'll, I, I have my uh, stuff set up. So I'll, I'll have read aloud, read it to us here in a second. Oh, you but, can do a uh, demo for us. Yeah. Yep. Of course the Microsoft guy can do a demo for us. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. So it works out really, really sweet. Let me find something here that I can have it read. I just need text rather than like marketing stuff from, uh, from like anything on an app. Um, but basically while that's loading up, um, what I'll do is I will, I'll, I'll turn on read aloud and it will read my email for me really fast. And then when I get done, I can just tap the reply button and reply to the email like I read it myself. So it's, it's super simple and super uh, quick um, to where I don't have to deal with, um, with when, when you have the magnifier on your con like you're zoomed way in, like I'm sure you kind of battle with this too, is when you're, you're zoomed in and it's so far in, like you, it feels like you're, uh, you can't really read anything because it's it's just, yeah, uh, just gig like gigantic one, text. One, one character at a time. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, basically, let me do this here really quick. I'm going to do turn it on. So I'm up on the main tab. It's actually if I in, in Microsoft Outlook, if you're listening to this and you're trying to find it, if you go to home when you're in Outlook and then you have an email, and I'm going to open this email from the uh, Florida DMV because I was looking at re re registering my tags today. Um, and I hit read aloud. Here's what it's going to do. Greetings. Thank you for visiting Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, my DMV portal and creating a new account. So pretty cool, huh? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this one is short enough to where I would read this on my own. So I wouldn't necessarily need it. Um, but what's cool with, um, with the, with the read aloud feature is when I'm, when I'm in it, I can click on these settings and I can change the speed. Um, so that was kind of slow for me. I, I usually speed mine up. So if I click it again here and play it, it'll, uh, be at like a normal kind of speed. Greetings. Thank you for visiting Florida department of highway safety and motor vehicles, my DMV portal and creating a new account. Yes, so it's a that, lot is, faster, that, is, that is much more my style right there. Yeah. Me too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like sighted I, people I have hate... sighted people would not know what to do with that. But you know, yeah, <laughs> that that's how that's my jam right there. Yeah. So like that that's my speed where I, I like to like just zzz, boom, zip through it and then and then reply to it. But the read aloud features is a is a super game changer for me. One of the cool things uh, with read aloud, in addition to that functionality, if I wanted to, I could also um, when I'm, when I'm in the email and I click the reply or reply button and it opens up where I can start typing text, there's also a feature in here in Microsoft apps called dictate, which when I click on the dictate button, it will listen to my voice on my microphone and it will type everything. So I can say, hello, comma, new line. Thank you for your email and period. And then I can just kind of rip through and just speak it just like you would with voiceover or speech on an iPhone. Yeah that same kind of functionality that way you don't have to type or you could type it. Um, it's just uh, totally up to your preference, but yeah. from a daily workflow perspective, like that's how I'll work in my outlook all the time. If it's a, if it's short and sweet, I'll zoom it in. If it's really long, I use read aloud to buzz through it quickly because, um, if it's like two or three paragraphs of text, it, 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 it gets, uh, 
glossy after a while when you zoom way in and then you're left to right and left to right and left or i mean you're just back and forth like you feel like you're on a roller coaster yeah so is that a windows 11 feature or is that in 10 as well so this uh the read aloud and the dictate features are in microsoft 365 apps so those will work in windows 10. okay um cool um so as long as you have microsoft 365 apps which most um if you're cons if you're if you're listening and you purchased it at like best buy or office max or even office online somewhere you're going to have like that consumer copy which will be microsoft 365 apps you just need to make sure you're using the subscription version of office not if you're using like office 2019 or office 2016 or office 2021 those are the volume license versions some of those will have these capabilities in there but those features get locked in so you won't necessarily have all the latest and greatest all the time and that's part of my day job that's what i've been doing with all of these different companies is telling them hey get to microsoft 365 apps so that you can have the latest and the greatest all the time and not have to not have to mess around with um trying to see if you have a feature or you don't so it's it's a huge plus but um but yeah from a from a logistics and kind of flow standpoint that's how I operate. Um, when I'm in PowerPoint, I use the same same thing. I'll um, I'll use read aloud in PowerPoint, and uh, and and have it read through and buzz through slides. Okay, so that's Office. Why should I move from Windows 10 to 11? As a guy who is 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 still hanging out with Windows 10, are there a lot of advantages uh, from accessibility to move into 11? There are absolutely so, and it's not just a buzzword from the Microsoft side. Um, I'm, I'm one, uh, and everybody, I, it's not like I'm sharing any non-public knowledge because I'm, I'm the first one to say that I don't drink our Kool-Aid. Um, if, if it, if it's bad, I'm going to say it's bad. If it's good, I'm going to say it's good. If it needs help, I'm going to say it needs help. So like we, you basically, like we all have to have that mindset of knowing that no one's software is going to be perfect and no one's stuff is going to be perfect. And you have to be able to gradually move and adapt and grow and evolve and innovate your product over time. Windows 10 was phenomenal and had a ton of really cool features in it. But once the team really locked into accessibility, they even renamed. So if you in, in Windows 10, when you go to your accessibility settings, you go to ease of access. Yeah, which is what it's been for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that is rebranded now to accessibility. So you don't go to ease of access anymore. You go to the accessibility settings. That feels like a good change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that one was nice. The contrast modes, they added a few different contrast modes. There's a there's a bunch of YouTube videos out there. So if, if you're listening and you do go to YouTube and type in Windows 11 high contrast and you'll see all the different modes on there. There's a, a bunch of features there from a contrast uh, theme perspective, especially if you're a Zoom text user and you like high contrast and you like magnification, but you're kind of battling with the crashing. Um, I've talked to multiple people that had Word documents open, Excel spreadsheets open. They were working inside of them. They didn't have autosave turned on. If you're if you're on your machine and you're using Microsoft 365 apps and your document is inside OneDrive, you're going to have way up at the top, on the top left-hand side, there's going to be this little toggle that says autosave, and that thing's going to save your work. So you want to make, if you're in those apps on your own machine when you're working, make sure that that autosave's on. And then if it does crash, you won't lose it. Okay, let me let's stop right there for just a minute. How does autosave yeah. work? So like, what if you save something through autosave that you want to revert? Like you're like, ah, I didn't want to save that. How, how does that work? Is it pretty easy? 
yeah, you can roll back settings. It saves like history. Like there's all sorts of stuff uh, with your file history. But autosave is uh, phenomenal. I mean, it's a it's a big game changer for people where uh, it just it takes that that fear of saving out. Um, you can look up and know autosaves on, and if it does crash or you walk away from your machine or or something, and the power goes out, like you you know that it's it's basically yeah, saving it's for a, you. F- a FOSO, right? Fear of saving out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because I've I've had yeah. that happen with with again I mentioned I'm a Zoom Text user and there there's something going on with Zoom Text and Office products, notably Word, because I I'm I'm on Word a lot, and it'll just crash. And I'm like I don't think I saved that. And even though I'm saving stuff in OneDrive or whatever, I have auto save turned off because I'm mm-hmm. like I don't want it to save every second because i feel like i'm gonna i may, I may need to revert but it sounds like autosave is where i need to be yeah it's really good um you can go into your OneDrive settings too i mean there's a ton of youtube videos on it so just i would look up auto microsoft 365 apps or autosave OneDrive autosave like any of those types of searches will bring up youtubes on it um and there's a ton of mvps that make microsoft uh like they're just like microsoft folks some m like most MVPs don't work at Microsoft. They're just like big um, subject matter experts in the product. Um, so they're uh, they're just like outside champions that that, that push it. Um, and they've done some really really cool videos to demo those features. But from from an Excel or Excel and Office standpoint, when your stuff is if your stuff is crashing, getting into Windows 11 will give you those contrast themes, and then the Microsoft magnifier. They added a read aloud feature uh, with magnifier that's added into it that uses the Windows narrator reader and those voices. And basically, when I'm zoomed in, I can right click on it and I go to the uh, there's like a, a taskbar. And on that taskbar, it lets me choose to read. And then basically, when I set up the reading option in there, it will go through and it will read zoomed in and it will highlight the text. So um, it's a super cool new new way to uh to kind of navigate around um it, it's it's almost like when you think of uh fusion which is like i think it isn't fusion jaws and zoom text yes yeah yeah so it's like it's like that experience where you get okay. like a narrator reading but you get magnifier at the same time so it works really really sweet now when it will i think one of the biggest reasons i haven't moved to windows for all my accessibility stuff is because of the dual monitor support and you and I talked a little bit about dual monitors prior to this discussion and a little bit here about how you're using one monitor and you've you've shifted that but like when when would one expect Microsoft to support dual monitors natively with magnifier in Windows 11 it should be pretty soon I mean I know I've seen the um, Jeff is uh, the product manager for it Um, I've talked to him multiple times about it and Basically, the game plan is going to be to use that dual screen support and get it get it dialed into where we can. It, they're working through it now, um, and they have it on their backlog. I would say, I mean, you, you can't really like give timeframes, but I would say within like the next fiscal, like not fiscal year, but within the next calendar year timeframe, like that's where I would shoot for it. I can get more hard dates um especially like our last episode where you put my contact information in there yeah if somebody is looking for it if you're listening to this and you work for a company and you need it the best thing for you to do is 
to email me and then I will loop in a team called the Enterprise Disability Answer Desk, EDAD. And EDAD basically takes accessibility issues and it's called the Enterprise Disability Answer Desk. They take issues from enterprise companies, like big companies that have uh, enterprise agreements. And EDAD will work with the product teams to let them know. So like basically, if, like let's say you work at Matt's Enterprise and it's a big company. It's like 100,000 people or 10,000, yeah, 50,000. Yeah, that sounds like a good place yeah. to work, yeah. Yeah, so like you, let's say you work there and then um, you're going to email me. Once you do that, that EDAD team will tie your request and your enterprise to the backlog item that Jeff has. And basically what that does is it creates priority around his workload. So the dual screen support is on the backlog, but there's other accessibility things that are higher than that right now for him. And that's how we do think from a product side. That's how we evolve and prioritize those product, those features. We basically look at it and say, who's requesting it? How many are requesting it? And the, the, like the term back in the day of the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It's the same thing with product improvements. It's, However many people are requesting something, that's the thing that moves to the top of the pile. Okay, well, I need to get in touch with Jeff or an EDAD or with uh, Matt, which I'm already in touch with. Because I think, you know, for me, if um, if dual monitors were supported the same way that they are in ZoomText, I think it would be a pretty easy transition for me. And then to get into all the virtual desktop and all the additional features that come along with 11, that makes a lot of sense. but. Man, yeah. I'm just and just in my age, I'm getting it's 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 hard for me to admit this, but you know, I just got this muscle memory, and I I don't I'm not as responsive to change as I as I once was. I am responsive to change, and I do that, but mm -hmm. I've definitely noticed with age that I'm a little reluctant to do that, and um, I got I guess I gotta be better about that to stay on the cutting edge. But I'm gonna find an edad or a or a Jeff, or a Matt, and we're, we're going to, your email address is uh, listed in your contact details on the website too, so people can get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, so so that's the kind of the key, is basically once once we get that request, we pile it on to the existing pile that's there. and Yeah, the, the pile grows, and people start taking a look at things and say, hey, we need to do this. Yep. Because people, the people want this, yeah. Yeah, it creates an urgency around it. And then when they see that urgency, they're like, okay, everybody's needing this. So it's time for us to uh, to pivot, reprioritize, and ship that feature. I would estimate it's coming soon. I know that they've heard about it over and over and over and over from tons of people. Um, they release really cool stuff all the time. I mean, the, the new read aloud feature uh, within, I don't even know if it's called read aloud. So if I'm messing it up, I apologize to the product manager. But Basically, when I'm zoomed in, I can right click on I can click on stuff and then click that read feature and it will read it for me. Um, so it's a super cool uh, way for it to, to navigate through. While we're talking through stuff, the, the, the next thing would be to move into the uh, Windows 11 features around natural voices. Like you heard them earlier, you heard read aloud uh, discuss on there. But if, let me jump into a PowerPoint here really quick. And I will uh, I'll tab this on here and let you hear what the uh, the reader sounds like. Okay, so this is a slide that talks about inclusion. Technology is powerful for all of us. To kind of give a visual description of this slide, um, there's different 
images. Uh, one of them is modern life. One of them is situational, temporary, and permanent. Talking about disabilities, like sometimes it's situational, sometimes it's temporary, sometimes you break an arm, you break a leg. Um, permanent disabilities like mine, like you, you can't really, like that. that's a permanent spot. Situational disabilities would be like having a child and having them in your arm where you're like the situation that you're in. Um, if you're working outside and you're in bright sunlight, that could be a situational disability. But the way this slide is laid out is it has the, the, the features that I talked about earlier, read aloud and dictate. Like read aloud was built for disability inclusion and that, that process. But what it did was it unlocked the capabilities for people with situational disabilities and temporary disabilities. Like from a situational perspective, if you're outside in the sunlight and you're trying to read something, you can click on read aloud. And now you don't have to like get the monitor or the laptop out of the sun, out of the glare, whatever it is. You can, you can just click on read aloud and it will play your email to your headphones. So it's, it, there's a lot of workarounds, but um, let me jump into this slide here. So to launch Windows Narrator, I'm going to use the keyboard shortcut Control Windows Enter, and then you'll hear it here uh, where it jumps in. Scan, slide pane. Slide nine inclusion technology is powerful for all of us. Slide. Title text box, text box. Inclusion technology is powerful for all of us. Scan off. So that's. That's the natural voice that's that available sound there. Good. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, way better than uh, way better than not, the old. Not robotic one. at all. Yeah. Yep. So let me turn that off here. Exiting narrator. So there's three different voices that you can choose from. Um, earlier, uh, I don't know if I brought this up, but um, if if people want that, if you're on Windows 11 now, you need to upgrade or update. Not even upgrade; it's update to the latest 22H2 version that was released. 22H2 has these natural voices in it, and um, and then you'll be able to take part of that. I know there was a ton of people that were on Windows 11 already in the VIP or visually impaired persons communities that asked me about this on tons of different calls, on emails, on Sam's YouTube's and channel chats and all that stuff. Like everybody was asking, "Hey, when is this thing coming?" Um, and 22H2 is when it's when it's here now. So if you upgrade to Windows 11 and you get on 22H2, you'll have those new natural voices. Are there some other voices you can show us? Yep. Or I guess not show us, I guess uh, let us hear. Here, yep. But let me jump into narrator, choose a voice. So we were just on Anna. We're going to go to Jenny, and then I'm going to go back to that slide. All right, so now what I've done is I've gone into my accessibility settings, my narrator settings, and I've changed it over to Jenny, which is one of the other natural voices. Prior to this, we were listening to Anna. So I'm going to launch narrator here again with control windows, enter. Scan, slide, pane. Slide nine inclusion technology is powerful for all of us. Title text box, text box. Tools created through inclusive design help all of us be more productive throughout the day and help some of us be able to participate in the digital world altogether. Text box. Exiting narrator. All right, so that yeah, was Jenny. I like Jenny, um, yeah, that's good. It's it, They're really so much less robotic than what I'm used to. Oh, yeah. I, at, when we get done, the last one, what I'll do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to Microsoft David, which was like the old raw, 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 raw. But this is Microsoft Guy. I think they thought of an awesome name for this one. Um, so this narrator voice is called Microsoft Guy. Let me launch it with Windows Narrator. Scan, slide, pane. 
Slide 9, Inclusion Technology is Powerful for All of Us, Title Textbox, Textbox. Tools created through inclusive design help all of us be more productive throughout the day and help some of us be able to participate in the digital world altogether. Textbox. So Exiting narrator. Guy. That sounds pretty good. Yep. So that's Microsoft guy. And now what we're going to do is we're going to take you way back to 1972. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it's that old, but we're going to go back to Microsoft David. So here's David. Slide. Pain. Slide nine. Inclusion technology is powerful for all of us. Title text box. Tools created through inclusive design help all of us be more productive throughout the day and help some of us be able to participate in the digital world altogether. Text box. Exiting narrator. Oh, yeah, that is that's robotic. Yep. Just that alone from uh, from a voice perspective. I mean, it's it's a it's a oh, night gosh, and day not difference. even close. Yeah. But there's so many people that are so used to something like Microsoft David that even these new voices sound weird to them, right? Um, yep. Not to me. They, I, I like the progression, especially in, in, in these voices and like what Apple's done with the Siri voice is, is really, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's so much less robotic. It's still a little robotic, but it is uh, infinitely less than, than David there. Yeah. Yep, I use mine all the time. And even on my phone, like I have my my Siri set up to um to a natural voice for I think I've uh so I feel like James Bond, I have it set up to a uh, a British female. British, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm yep. Siri voice four. Um who by the way does the narration does the intro and, and outro to this podcast episode. So you you've heard uh Siri voice four already and you'll hear uh it again here at the end of this episode. But that's I'm a, I'm a Siri voice four kind of guy. Nice. But yeah, it's it's definitely there's a ton of features out there. I mean, from a Windows 11 perspective, for me, it's contrast. I don't use a lot of the contrast modes. I just have Windows set to dark mode, um, and then I use Microsoft Magnifier on everything. Like I'm zoomed in all the time, all like on different things throughout the day. If I if it's like I said before, if it's too much text, I jump into using Read Aloud yeah. or or the Reader, uh, where I just have it buzz through and read the stuff for me. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I have on my mouse. Um, I don't know if you have it set up on yours, but I have a. I've changed my mouse settings in the accessibility settings to where I have. I have a, my mouse is a little larger than most. I set it up to be dark black instead of white with black edges. Um, so mine is black, and then it basically when I when I hover over um, different things, it'll like swap and change colors. But yeah, it's it's definitely it works a lot better for me having it larger. I would always get it lost and I'd have to like wiggle my mouse around uh, to try to find, to find where it. my mouse is at. Yeah. Yep. So I I changed that up, and then in addition, the only other thing that I have set is my text cursor. There's a uh, text cursor indicator preview uh, which I have set up. Um, if you could see my screen, what it does is it basically takes the top and the bottom of like your, you know, your text cursor, like the, the uh, insertion point that's blinking. Yes. It takes that and you can at the top and the bottom, I have mine set to purple. So wherever that is at, I can t always tell where that line is because it, it's, I look for the two purple dots on the screen and okay, that's yeah. where my text insertion point is at. Yeah, okay. So it's super helpful. I learned that from a guy named Jeremy that works at Microsoft. Uh, he had his setup, and I was like, ooh, dude, that's cool. I like it. So I, I took it, um, and I've been using it since. 
Sounds like Jeremy's got the answers at Microsoft. Maybe I need to talk to Jeremy too. Get this dual monitor stuff set up. And and there's really, it sounds like there's really no reason from an accessibility standpoint not to move from Windows 10 to 11. Is that kind of your idea? Yep. Uh, most of the time too, if you're running Windows 10, a lot of the fundamental things that are in Windows 10 are going to work on Windows 11. The people that... um that could be breaking um it would be around like any sort of custom designed apps or custom designed things that are built by like we call them an independent software vendor or like a like an isv um, those isvs will um sometimes they have trouble supporting uh like like zoom text would be a uh, isv from a microsoft standpoint so what they would have to do is they like they would have to support Windows 11 before their users could go to Windows 11 mm -hmm. um, and so on. So like if people have custom apps in their environment, like if you use some AutoCAD tool for work or you use something special, um, just make sure whatever whatever that custom application is, is that you, you just make sure you get a sign off from um, from that company uh, that you can move to Windows 11. But from an accessibility standpoint, I mean, there's zero. It is the most accessible version of Windows that we've ever released in in history. So it's like it's a, it was built with accessibility in mind. That's great, and it wasn't an afterthought. It was nope. part of the part of the part of the program to begin with. Yeah, and at, at Microsoft, that's our whole. What we're trying to do is change everybody's mindset around that. Like, people cannot think of accessibility as a bolt-on anymore like we if we continue with that we're always going to be adapting to things if we but if we think of accessibility and we build it in the product from the from the design of the beginning that's where we're going to start uh, breaking barriers and solving all sorts of stuff and and we've been doing that for like the past few years uh really leaning into it building it from the ground up um, where we're not adding bolt-ons um, each product team has like specific accessibility champs there's multiple people like there's a gentleman uh from powerpoint that we could potentially get on the channel too his name's peter Wu, and he he could talk people through a ton of different capabilities with powerpoint from a low vision perspective from a blind perspective like all the features one really cool story i was at the visions conference i met a gentleman and his wife at the conference um, they're both low vision and uh, I think he had RP, and basically uh, RP is retinitis pigmentosa. If uh, if anybody's wondering what the acronym is, but he had RP, and he emailed me probably two months after the conference and said, "Hey Matt, I'm trying to build a PowerPoint for an interview that I have with this large Fortune 500 company, and they don't know I'm blind. Like they don't know I'm low vision." And I was like, "Cool, okay, let's let's do this." So I jumped on the call. And then I pinged Peter and I ping, I ping is just a, like a direct message in teams. And I direct messaged, um, Jeremy, the guy I've been talking about and a lady named Crystal. And I pulled all of these people together, um, on this call. And we, we started sharing information with this guy on how to use keyboard shortcuts to build the PowerPoint and, and how to basically design this thing and navigate it. And, and then we built it with him on the call for like the first 30 minutes. And then the, the last 30 minutes of the call, we gave, we had him give a dry run of like presenting and said, okay, we're joining a team's call and okay, you're going to present, you're going to present in this mode. And you're like, we basically got his muscle memory built so that when he was ready to go do the interview, um, that he was ready to rock it. And 
Um, he jumped into that interview and absolutely crushed it, got the position, emailed us and said, hey, thank you, everybody we got the position. But what was even cooler is after he got hired, then he said, hey, by the way, ex customer that you just like you, you just uh, you just hired me. I am low vision and I need some accommodations. And they've, they've been approving his com- accommodations now. So it was a super cool story about his journey of interviewing and walking through this whole thing. But I mean, that may not happen to everybody. But yeah. And we have Microsoft to thank for that. Yeah. There's, I mean, we're always trying to build, build stuff. I mean, that's why I, I mean, I love it. I was, I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, my wife and I went on a, a, a cruise and we were talking to a couple and they, uh, he was talking about his position. I said, I can honestly say for nine years, I've never hated going to work. I, I love going to work. I, I mean, it's just, there's a ton of passion in it. I mean, I do my day job, my normal stuff. And then when I do my normal stuff, my manager is super cool. My manager's manager is super cool. All of them are cool with me leaning into accessibility because it's a passion and it's not my full-time job isn't accessibility, but it's, it's my lifestyle. So I know how, I know how it impacts me. So I want knowing that I work at Microsoft and I have, I can connect to people that are building the products. That's where I can tap into it. That's awesome. And I, I am encouraged by the strides that Microsoft is making. And it sounds like maybe I'm we need to get me upgraded to uh, 11. I've been ignoring it for long enough. So maybe it's, maybe it's time. And I feel like we've only scratched the surface here on accessibility, Matt, especially as it pertains to Microsoft. So I guess maybe, maybe episode three is in our future sometime real soon. Yeah, there's, there's so much. I mean, it, I think potentially maybe one other option for an episode, what we could do is one on um, where I walk people through. It, it's hard. Uh, being a podcast because they can't see it, but potentially walking people through the process of making your documents accessible. Like we we released a feature called the accessibility reminder. If you go to the app store on your machine today, you can find it. If you go to insert and then you click on office add-ins and you type in accessibility reminder, it's going to show up and then you can install it. And what that does is it allows you to drop a modern comment in on your document with people you're collaborating with. So at work, like in your, in, when you go to work during the day, if you're working with like three or four people from your company and they're collaborating, you can drop the accessibility reminder comment on there where it will, it'll notify everybody uh, that's working on that document and say, hey, a screen reader or a low vision user needs help on this document. And here's ways that you can help. It, but what's, what's neat is the text that it uses in this comment is super anonymous. Like they have no idea if it's, I mean, if it's you working with one other person, it's pretty easy to identify you as the person with low vision. Um, but if it's like multiple people, like nobody will know that you're nudging and asking for assistive content. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, a neat add in that's available today. You can, people can get it in the store uh, from the office add in store. Another thing that people use all the time is the accessibility checker in office. I just used it today. We're working on some content for an upcoming discussion that we're having on Thursday of this week. And I went through our, our whole PowerPoint and, and changed everything, added alt text to slides that are pictures that needed it, marked things decorative that didn't, and, and just basically walked through and got it all done. Awesome. So it sounds like we will have episode three with, uh, with Matt and more assistive technology and particularly as it, as it um, pertains to Windows and Windows 11. Yeah, maybe we can even we can upgrade you to Windows 11 live on on the podcast. Oh, now wouldn't that be 
<laughs> that could be something. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Let's, you know what? Let's do that next time. Yep. Absolutely. I'm here. Uh, always love chatting and uh, kind of going through stuff. So it's a, as, as well as like last time, if anybody's listening and have comments, questions, concerns, a rant, if you're upset about something from accessibility from Microsoft side that I can help with, email me and I will do my best to, uh, to connect you to the people that need to hear it. Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.